Hi everyone, welcome to the Seed Planters with the Cameron family. I am your host for today, Suzette, and we'll be discussing the word nurture. First, I wanted to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms on the panel, my sisters, and to all the moms that are listening also. Nurture, when you think of the word nurture, it's caring for and encouraging the growth and development of someone or something. One's personality is greatly influenced by nurture. As human beings, we adapt and we learn to adjust to our environment. How we begin in life greatly influences our path in a negative or positive way. So we will begin with our panel questions. Our initial question is always how to uh, use the word in a sentence. So when we think of the word nurture, how would you use it in a sentence or how would you, or what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the word nurture? I'd like to start with Nicole. Hello, everyone. Um, so for me to nurture is, um, it's giving special care and attention. So there's some intentionality to it. Um, you're making decisions that you foresee will allow something to grow. And that could be pouring into something physically. So if you think of like a plant and you're making sure that it has the sunlight and the water that it needs, um, or it might be spiritually pouring into someone like your um, child. And so you're praying for them, you're reading the Bible with them, um, you're guiding them on the biblical truths um, it could be emotionally, so supporting someone if they have like a big idea and they're trying to figure out how to make it happen, you're giving them guidance, um, instruction and encouragement. So, um, but it's giving extra care and attention. That's what comes to my mind when I think of nurture. All right. Thank you very much, Nicole. So I'll direct the same question to Michelle. If you had to use the word nurture in a sentence what is the first thing that comes to your mind um the first thing that came to my mind was the scene of a mom maybe breastfeeding her baby or just holding her child in her lap that's the visual that i get when i hear the word so i think of it a lot in terms of um you caring for like a mom caring for their children um, maybe a wife caring for her husband or a husband caring for his wife, um, nurses in the, you know, taking care of their patients, things like that. Those are what the visuals that come to my mind. All right. Thank you very much. So dad, the same question for you. If you had to use the word nurture in a sentence, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? When I hear the word nurture and thinking of giving care or taking care of and it could be a baby it could be a sick person maybe in the hospital or even at home it could be a plant where a lot of attention is given to in t taking care of a plant, you know, like I think Nicole, it was that said that you um, 
is apply sunlight or you allow sunlight to shine on the plant and you water it and you tend to the earth in which the plant has been uh, planted. Um, but also I, I think of animals. I see animals always nurturing their young ones, making sure that they are taken care of and they always grow healthy and strong if they continue to uh, be nurtured by the mother. Uh, some of the mothers, they go out and they do hunting just to feed their young ones and take care of them until they are ready and able to go out and hunt for themselves. Uh, but overall, I think nurturing is something that is innate um, and comes easily to those who give birth to whether it might be animals, maybe it might be babies, maybe whether it might be the plants. Well, plants in most cases, we have to take care of them. It's got to be human. But for now, that's what I'll say about nurturing. All right. Thank you very much. So I believe everybody has already said and covered all the areas for the word nurture. So I'm going to move on to our second question. It's going to be related to Proverbs 22, verse 6, which says, according to the King James Version, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So according to this scripture, what are some of the ways that we can train up our children? Um, I'd like to, I can begin, I'll do a brief on this. Um, I think about uh, some of the characteristics or the traits that God wants us to have. So as mothers training our children, we have to um, try to be slow to anger, um, trying to be very patient with them and also being very forgiving. So those were three things that um, I was able to pick out of what are some of the things that we can do in helping our children to train. We don't want to be short-tempered with them because um, just thinking of ourselves when we were young, we wanted people to we didn't want to, we didn't respond well to people being very angry with us initially without um, being very patient. So it kind of goes together. You have to be patient. And then we want to be forgiven when we do something wrong. We don't want it to be held against us. So it's important that we do that for our own children, knowing that um, it really has a great impact when they make decisions and they make mistakes because we're all human. We're subject to make an error. We have to make sure that um, that training is instilled within us so that when we're older, we can look back at that and make the right choices and decisions and also impart that to our children as well. So I would like to ask, I'll start with Michelle. 
So according to the scripture in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Um, what are some of the ways that you can train up your children or have trained your child? So um, one of the things that I was doing when he was little and I, I had to, I started it again recently is the whole thing of reading the scriptures and explaining it as best as I knew how to him at, you know, the age and stage that he is in at so that he could understand what was being, what was, what it was saying. Um, I find that that's something that's very valuable for our children to, to learn, you know, in order for them to learn the scriptures and to, to understand what the scriptures mean, to have someone who they know cares about them, who sit with them and um, take the time to do something like that. Um, another thing that comes to mind with nurturing is just supporting them. So whatever their dreams are, whatever the things that they're excited about, you try to get behind it. You try to support it as best as you can. You try to nudge them and encourage them in directions that will make them shine. I think of, say, a child who is athletic and they want to be in a sport and, you know, they have games and everybody knows that when these games come up, some of them are very taxing. You know, they have games back to back. If their team is a winning team, you're going to spend a lot of that season on the field or in the gym or wherever it is that they are when they're doing their sport. And just showing up to games means a lot to children who perform in those ways. And that's a, a nurturing, a way of nurturing them as well. Thank you very much. It was very good. Um, I'd like to direct the question to dad. According to the scripture in the Proverbs 22, 6, about training up a child in the way they should go so they won't depart from it, um, what are some of the ways that we can train up our children? Well, I think we start training our children even before they can walk or talk. And in fact, um, it is said that uh, we start training them from they're in the womb, <laughs> the baby, and um, as a fetus. And then after they're born, there are certain things that mothers do, especially mothers, to um, help the child to grow, understanding some of the things that uh, are necessary for their daily living and growth. Um, when the child comes to the years of understanding, then you start training them. And one of the things I look at though is that, first of all, you train them in a godly way so that they might love God, love his word. And as Michelle had mentioned, that you start reading to them, especially from the scriptures. Um, there are so many different avenues and ways through which we are able to reach these little ones with um, the word. And the scripture itself says, train up the child in the way the child should go. When the child gets older, that child will not depart 
Even if it's break for a while, they'll come right back. But um, in training them, I believe we are show, have to show love, yeah, unbounding love for for them. And most times, the first child gets most of that, you know, because all the attention is given to that first child, the child. And then later, when others come, we would not give all of our attention to that first one, but we'll share it among the others. It says also here, we need to be kind and gentle. We should give them all the instructions that they need as they go, um, grow daily or as they grow up from one stage to the other in, in their lives. And um, uh, we should provide all the necessities for them until they are able to take care of themselves and being supportive in all the things that they um, are doing. Like for instance, going to school, as Michelle mentioned about sports, um, you know, you have to be there for them in order to help them to go and to understand. And I believe this, that if you're not there for them, they're not happy. I've known of cases where uh, mothers have asked me to sit in uh, at the sports field um, to, to, to support their daughter, you know, our son, because the father was not there. And they, you know, so um, this is a great topic, and there's a lot that will come out of this as we go along. So here I pause, um, giving my peace. Basically, according to the scripture in Proverbs 22, 6, what are some of the ways that you can train up your children? So uh, I just wanted to say when I first heard the word nurture, this is a scripture that popped to mind for me. And I just kept hearing it over and over in my mind when I thought of the word nurture. So I think it's interesting that this was one of the scriptures that you um, highlight. Um, so when you think of that scripture that for me, um, some things that kind of popped out were that it says train up a child in the way he should go, which kind of lets you know that they're probably going to want to do their own thing or go in a way that's probably not best for them. And so we have the role as a parent to guide our children. And for me, there are two things that I always say that parents do. They protect and they prepare. So during the time frame when the child is underage or if they're just not mature enough, um, you have to protect them. So there are things in life that they may not see or understand um, or may not know or see as dangerous. They may not see the harm in it. But as the adult or as the parent, you are there to help protect them. And then the other part of it is to prepare them. So because there might be times where you're not there. So they have to understand how to navigate through life. And that is the other part of um, nurturing them. Um, and some people may miss 
one part or another, they may only prepare them and not protect or may only protect and not prepare. And then you end up with a, an adult that may not really know how to navigate through the world appropriately. Um, but that's kind of what I got from that scripture, you know, training them up in a way that they should go, knowing that they may have their own path that they may want to go down. And as a parent, you know them best. And so you will want to guide them to what, um, you know, what their purpose in life is or um, help them to kind of figure out what the best steps are for their life. Um, and I did like what daddy said, you know, on a daily basis. I think that's the key is that every day you're pouring into them, you're nurturing them. Every conversation that you have, every look that you give them, every time that you're present, that is continually pouring into them because every day they grow. So every day we should be nurturing our children. So that's my piece. All right. Thank you very much. I think everybody covered it very well. Um, so before I move on to like the actual question, it's really, I'm looking more for comments on this. Um, Nicole mentioned the imbalance that can happen where they don't get that well-rounded nurturing. And so I actually did have something in here about single parent homes and uh, thinking of a mom being a mom. And as my husband always says, a mom cannot be a father and a mother because a mom does not have the qualities that's not what was given to her. So she can't be mom and dad. And so when they have Mother's Day and Father's Day, the moms want to say, I'm the dad too. But he said that's incorrect because you, you are not the dad. You are just the mom and that's simply who you are. The dad can't say I'm, um, I'm celebrating Mother's Day because I'm a single parent because that's not your responsibility. So the thing about these single parent homes is that imbalance where, um, Moms can only nurture because that's really what we do, but we can't teach boys or we not really are not really required to teach boys those skills that they need to be uh, men. So um, it's a little difficult when the dad is not present in the home. And I, it kind of brought me to two scriptures that I'm going to read and then I'm going to ask, ask basically for comments. So. Ephesians 6 verse 4 says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And then Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. So I feel that the Lord has placed a responsibility on the father in the home to be, to have that uh, responsibility of helping to raise um, the child and also um, making sure that the child becomes what they're supposed to be. And I feel that responsibility lies on the dad, even though in many cases the dads don't really show up in that way. And so I feel there's an accountability there that has to take place. So I wanted to ask dad, what's your opinion on the father having that responsibility or having been laid on him according to the scriptures to make sure that his household is basically in order. In all settings, whether it be in a home, a school, in a workplace, 
and more so in heaven, there ought to be order. And so rules and regulations are set. Um, God was giving instructions to the fathers through his word. And he wanted for all of his children to grow up and be well-rounded. Like as he said, the mother takes care of nurturing the child. The father is going to train the child in the areas that um, they need training in. And you'll be surprised to know that there are a number of children who know more about the things they want to do than the fathers. And as a result of that, sometimes you have to really pay attention to the children when they ask for help in venturing into or taking control of certain things that they're asked to do. Um, uh, we, we as uh, men, sometimes we go the long road to do some things. And we find that the youngsters in these days, they find an easy way to do things, especially in the tech age that we're in. They said, be smart in working. So a lot of things that you have to do and may have to, you know, break your back in doing, they find a way to use technology to get these things done. And we are surprised. But then, you know, the thing about it is that truly the men have a responsibility. And you said um, earlier to the effect that the men um, are not doing, uh, technically what you're saying is that the men are not there a lot of times to do the things that they are supposed to be doing. And it is clear in the world today, all around, not only in the individual settings in the home, all around you see that the men are missing in most areas, in most cases, the men are missing. And as a result of that, we see the delinquency that is um, spreading all over the world. Um, especially hmm, in the Western countries, because like in the Eastern countries, they make sure that they're there for their children. And even they grow up and reach a point where they should be on their own. They make provisions in the home or in the yard, whatever, for them to stay even up to 30 years old or until they're married, you know. But, you know, the thing about it is that we are growing up daily and we're learning a few things more and more. And we have a charge to keep as men. And unless we have done our part and have done it well, then we expect and sorry to say this way, expect that the children 
will struggle and might lose their way, which is not what anybody wants. But we give God thanks and we praise him for what he's doing in the lives of families these days and helping us to stay together like we're trying to do in this family. Uh, even though all three of you are independently on your own, doing your own things, but yet here we are together weekly, um, trying to shape one another and help one another on a weekly basis uh, to know exactly some of the things that we might want to do or should have been doing and how things will fare out for us when we do that and continue to put our trust and confidence in God. We all have our problems and we all can learn from each other how to fix them. Thank you very much, Dad. Um, I do appreciate that. I just wanted to um, ask Michelle for her opinion. Being a single mom right now, doing her utmost best and um, bathing herself in prayer, her and her son, on a daily basis, doing the things that God has instructed her to do. And um, as Dad has mentioned, she's benefited, we've all benefited from us reuniting together on a weekly basis and being able to uphold each other in prayer, strengthen, encourage, and to assist where needed. Um, what is your opinion on this question, basically, uh, being a single mom right now? Yeah, so um, I think this is a really good question. Um, this question has been the top of my mind for many years because I am, you know, I have been raising a boy. And the, the interesting thing is that I don't have any brothers. I don't have any uncles. So it's not even like I have um, other places to look to figure out um, how this whole boy thing goes. So it was an adventure. It really literally was, I felt like I was on an adventure for a few years. And so I started to, un, you know, try to understand how to relate to a boy. That took some time. And then um, I realized too that because his dad wasn't always around. I mean, he is in his life, but not as often as I guess I would prefer. Um, I had to surround him with other men, especially when he was really young. When he was little, um, I realized that he had a lot of energy and that's typical for boys. And I was attending a church at the time that supported young men through this young men, young uh, boys mentoring program and signed them up for it. And they were a huge help. They really poured into him. They checked in on him to see how he was doing. And it sustained us until he no longer needed it. And I'm thankful that that was there because these were older men. Many of them were married, had children, much older than him. Some of them had adult children. 
and they just wanted to pour into younger boys. And it was really a huge benefit and blessing at the time when it was needed. I find that along the journey with him is that God has sent men at the times that they were needed. And um, my dad, our dad, has also spent time to pour into him. Giovanni has a, and Giovanni is the name of my son, has a, a healthy respect for his grandfather. Um, and that's one thing actually I expect from him. I tell him that that's something you have to do. Um, but I think he does it willingly because he realizes how much he cares about him and his well-being and how much he's invested in his growth development. Um, when he visits us, because we both live in the same state, when he visits our home, um, he spends time, you know, asking questions and seeing where he is. And um, my son is a man of a few words, <laughs> so he may not respond as readily or as much, but I know he appreciates the input. I know he appreciates the the care. I know he appreciates the nurturing and the advice that he gets because he talks to him, you know, the man to man thing. I step away when that's happening um, to pour into him. And when his dad shows up too, he does do that as well. He, he talks to him, pulls him aside, says certain things to him. Um, and I usually step away at that time as well, because I think those times are very life changing for young men. And they need that. And we as women have to know our, I want to say place for lack of a better word, but we have to know our position in the lives of boys, that there's only so much we can do as women, as you said earlier. And I see it in real time. I'm seeing it because there's certain things where he's like, okay, all right, I can do this. <laughs> so... Um, there's also that part where you have to transition as well. As the child gets older, especially for boys and the mom, as the, the child gets older, the mom has to kind of pull back as they grow older because they are now maturing and becoming men. And her voice will always be heard, but it will be heard in a different way than when they were like infants toddlers, preschool, and all of that, those ages. The, the voice of the mom, her role in his life changes. So it's been something to accept. It's very, it's emotional for me to see and to accept, but I know this is the natural progression of how things are supposed to be. And so men, I'm imploring you, those who are listening, you are needed. Your children need you. It's not optional. Some people make it look that way. You're not optional. Children need you, whether it's a boy or a girl. They need you. They need your voice. They need to see you. They need to um, hear you. They need you to pour into them. This is not something trivial or light. It's life-changing. And it promotes and propels them forward faster when they hear your voice, not just their mom. They need both voices. They need that. Excellent. Thank you so very much for the perspective. Um, since we are 
kind of running out of time, but I would like to know from Nicole, um, being your situation now is uh, one of each child, one boy and one girl. Um, I would like a perspective from you as to the father's responsibility as uh, God has commanded. Yes. So that is exactly kind of what I was thinking, because out of the three sisters, um, I have one of each. I have a boy and a girl child. Um, And in terms of parenting, like myself and my husband, we're both um, highly involved um, my kids are both still currently un like, uh, children So that my oldest, he'll almost be a teenager. Um, but you know, as the mother, I think when Michelle was talking, I'm like feeling all of those feelings because, uh, as a mother, I'm like, no, you're not growing yet. Like, no. And I want them to stay small. Um, and my husband's like, uh, no, they need to get out the house at some point. They need to learn to be independent. So he actually has been pushing them to do more for themselves when I'm like, hmm, I guess I could have done that, you know, made that leap as well. But um, I think that's kind of the role um, that he takes on is kind of helping doing the preparing um, so then I'm more of maybe the protector and I would definitely be the one and he does too, but I definitely be the one that would be continuing to cook for them and do their laundry and clean and do all of that stuff. And my husband's like, they can do this stuff for themselves. You know, they're old enough. And so he's helping them to get ready to be adults. Um, so I think, you know, it's necessary, you know, what no child is born or created with just the mother. I mean, outside of the, you know, conception of Jesus Christ, um, with Mary as his mother, but, you know, it takes the mother and the father, half of their DNA coming together to make the child. So both components are important, not only to bring life, but also to sustain that life. And so both voices are necessary and they each have different roles And so I think it's important that they both have their time and their influence on the children in order to nourish them and bring them to what they are designed to be. All right. So thank you very much, family. Um, I have had experience on both sides being a single mom and then um, a mother of two with, with a husband. So it's the two experiences are very different. Um, Ultimately, it is very essential to have both parents in the home. It makes it a lot easier. And I do find that I can defer certain things to the father. So to my husband, I can, um, when they, there's a question asked, I sometimes say, you know what, go ask your dad. Cause I wanted some, I want some kind of input. I want the balance to be there. And I want the children to understand that they can go to both parents with things that they need and not, not just to come to one parent um, thinking that the other parent may not say something they want to hear, but I do want them to understand that there, the difference of opinions doesn't mean that we disagree, but it's a way of coming together and for them to see different perspectives on situations and understanding that whatever the decision is, is ultimately we come together to make one final decision. And so the children understand that, that we're not working against each other, but that we're working together. 
So at this point, I'd like to end this segment of our conversation on the word nurture. We will be picking this back up again. So right now, I would like to say thank you for joining us for this first um, part of our discussion and join us as we return. Thank you so much. Thank you.